Yes, sir. We're next month's garage sale fodder for sure. Any dinosaur-shaped ones? Oh, for crying out loud. They're all in boxes, you idiot. They're getting bigger. Wait. There's a nice little one over there. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersock. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Jerry's Gang with a G. Kyle, uh, we're, we're ever closer to Christmas Day. Yep. When I will be opening a lot of presents. Sure. In, in Morgantown, West Virginia. <laughs> and, I'll, be in, uh, I'll be in Lamore, California. So, you know... Holidays are just an exciting time for <laughs> giving and receiving gifts. Totally. And today we have a, a gift extravaganza Cannot planned wait. for our Jerry's our wow. For well, our Jerry's gang and sure. for everyone else too. <laughs> um I'm stoked. Uh we're we're continuing our, our conversation on best on screen Disney gift. We are. Um and, and we have a few other things other things as well. I'm really excited. And uh before we get into all these pre-show craziness we have to bring back our guest host the gift giving wizard herself it is marissa marissa welcome back to the podcast glad to be back and so excited to determine who gave the best gift in this bracket i know and not only that but you get to decide who gave the best disney gift between chris and i very shortly i'm very excited about this Next upcoming uh, segment, Chris, let's just, let's cut the talk. Let's just get into this. Let's do it. Um, it's Shop Disney Roulette time. <laughs> it's back. It's like, I feel like it's been so long since we've done one, right? The last one was our 100th episode. Yep. Uh, one where we, I was Russ, the Snow White's 50th anniversary name tag guy. Yep. And you were the, the D- Disney store 10th anniversary guy. I got yeah. the keychain and the party hat. Yep. Um, fun fact, uh, Flubber sitting on the tree behind you. That, that was and, last year, yeah. And, you know, that's one of my favorite ones. Uh, but Shop Disney Roulette is back. And if you don't know about it, uh, Chris and I will send each other random gifts, uh, Disney-related, that have some sort of theme to them. And we always have our guest host decide which gift best fits that theme. Uh, and Chris, tell the people what we did for this round. I mean, we had to go with ugliest Disney Christmas sweater. Yep. Had to Had do to. it. There's no other way. Yeah. So uh, me and Kyle both scoured the internet for maybe new, maybe used, ugly Disney Christmas sweaters, and we mailed one to each other, and we're going to open them on air here, uh, and uh, Marissa is going to gonna decide the winner. So <laughs> oh, Kyle, I believe you have a 3-2 lead lifetime uh, shop Disney roulette. Yes. That sounds about right. Yeah, so you won on the uh, weirdest hat. Weirdest hat. With a Donald Duck hat. You won on the 
Uh, I think the first episode was just like weirdest anything. And you got the Eeyore poof. Forgot about the poof. I, I evened I evened the score with the flubber Christmas ornament yep. and the buddy Buzz and Woody shot glasses. Yep. And then you took the three two lead with the anniversary, the anniversary present. Yep. So we're doing ugliest Disney sweater here. And um I'll go ahead and start things off here. Okay, can't wait. So, oh, baby. so something we always do is <laughs> is we review the packaging <laughs> that these presents arrive in. So this one arrived a few weeks ago, <laughs> and it's been un- it's been the only thing under my Christmas tree in my new apartment for two weeks, and I'm sad. Uh, that, I'm sad that now there's nothing under my Christmas tree, but um, <laughs> it came a in a in a Banana Republic bag. Yep, and I was like, this is an interesting change of pace because. Why would you order something from Banana Republic? Because now I can just like go on bananarepublic.com and find the sweater you got me. Right. But upon further inspection, this is like someone ordered something from Banana Republic and then repurposed the bag into yep. whatever this is. Exactly. Uh, so this is an eBay seller uh, from Raymond, Raymond from Essex, Maryland. Shout out Raymond. Shout out to Raymond. Um, just, I mean, there's, this is hardly, I'm surprised this stayed together. And I, mean, I don't even <laughs> think I need scissors to open this. Oh, look, his, the label from his, the thing that he got before <laughs> is still on here. What? <laughs> and this is, this looks like his wife, maybe. Okay. Um, and like, yeah, this is hardly, this was hardly, <laughs> I don't, I don't even need these scissors. No. All right. So uh, we've got, okay. We've got like a, we've got like a red or a magenta. <laughs> is this a oh i dude i knew it i knew you i saw this one in my search i knew you and i it. wanted to maybe get it for you yeah. and i knew you'd get it yep. for me because yep. you because i know I you would, would want to watch me have would, to wear this i would have or open this so um okay so red oh red you know maybe mickey maybe christmas and um oh who who's on the front oh i don't know olaf like the worst Olaf that has like crazy eyes. And I don't even think they're like on street. <laughs> um, oh, it's so good. It gives that keeps on giving. Honestly, this is like decent quality here. Oh, yeah. Like this feels like it could be new. Only the best. It's just Olaf. I'm going to go ahead and put it on so you guys can kind of see full body. All right. So Chris has stood up. He is currently putting on the Olaf. Dude, this thing's. Oh, <laughs> it's a stanky, stanky Olaf Christmas sweater, but it fits, and it fits perfectly. Look at that, Jerry's gang, and we got Olaf on the other on the other screen as well. So it's just a perfect, perfect little Olaf Christmas. Sweater. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> All right. So, how does it feel, dude? I don't. I hate it. I hate right. it so much. I don't know if this is like a unisex or um, it feels a little bit like short in the arms and like tight in the chest. Okay. Or like, I guess tight in the lats maybe or. Hmm. Yeah. I don't really remember one where I even got it from. Dude, it I hate looking at myself in this. <laughs> You're pulling it off nice. Marissa has a matching Olaf puppet yeah. uh, for us here. Dude, I do not want to wear this for the rest of this episode, but I'm going to You're because going I'm to. doing it for the pod. All right, that brings my gift. Now I'm I'm notorious for for receiving these gifts 
that come in the most interesting wrapped situations. Oftentimes it's a it's cardboard box with a bunch of Dollar Tree plastic bags shoved in it. Uh, it could be a wrapped Disney bag that has just been taped. This time, nice little treat. This thing came in a vacuum sealed cherry boss- blossom bag. Wow. Um, and it is very nice. It comes from somebody. It comes from home <laughs> with their address. So they their identity is concealed except for where they actually live. Defeats the purpose, but here we are. And so I'm going to go ahead and open it. It's really it's really nicely packed. It looks like baby wipes, kind of. Well, when it, or like diapers. When it showed up, I was like, what is this? And I forgot that we were doing this. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is, this, is a, this is a sweater. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and rip this thing open. So immediately, it is the same type of sweater material that Chris's is. Yeah, it's which is normal not, you know, sweater. Normal, normal Christmas sweater. Knit. It's black. <laughs> it's a Winnie the Pooh sweater that just says Pooh all over it. And then it's Tigger standing over <laughs> on top of Pooh on his belly down on like the, the belly of this sweater. Perhaps most importantly, it says poo around the neck. Yeah, it does say poo around the neck. Almost like it's a like a Gucci sweater poo, or something. Poo, poo, poo. Um, I'll go ahead and put this on as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that we can model it up. It's on the wrist as well. On the wrist as well. I think those wrists might be my lower forearm, but we'll see. Hey, you got, you got poo on your shirt, dude. That looks pretty good. Dude, I'm not going to lie. That is, dude, that's kind of fresh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm back. I've got poo on my chest. I got poo on my tummy. I got poo on my neck. And I got poo on my wrists. And these are our shop <laughs> Disney roulette. This, this collar is like a, a half turtleneck. Yeah, it's like a choker. It's hugging me up a little bit, which I like. It's nice and warm. It's cozy. Sleeves are just just the right length, almost too short, but that doesn't really matter because it's a Christmas sweater and it's nice. It's very soft. It doesn't smell bad. Really? That's good. It smells like it was in somebody's closet for a long time. Mm. I'm about the it. The colors oh. look vibrant. They're vibrant. It. Feels like and looks like it has not really been worn all that often. Um, great condition. I guess the only thing I would say about it is that to call it a holiday sweater might be sort of a stretch. Yeah. Yeah. It's holiday sweater material, but maybe it's not. It's red and white. Right. I think if you wore it to like an ugly sweater party, I don't think anyone would. Okay. You got a handwritten note. Yeah. It came with a note that oh. fell out of the bag. Here. Of course, I got to read it. So. Uh, it's it comes from a company called Heckin Threads. Heckin, H E C K I N, uh, created by B and H, and they've used this like shiny typeface, so I can't really read what it actually says. Um, it's from eBay. Sophisticated threads to your doorstep. They have an Instagram at Heckin Threads. Go check them out. And on the back of this card, it says. 
Thank you for supporting us. We hope that you enjoy this vintage Winnie the Pooh and Tigger Acker Knitting Mills sweater. A C K E R Knitting Mills sweater. So hmm. I don't know if I just came up on an antique roadshow find <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna come through and and sell this thing for thousands of dollars later on. But for now, I'm gonna be rocking this thing. This is a nice little Christmas sweater. Chris and I are going to the parks in January. We might have to roll up wearing these. Who knows? <laughs> so, so Marissa, the time has come. You've seen the two sweaters. Which sweater is the ugliest Disney Christmas sweater? Okay, I, <laughs> I can't, I can't with that. Um, I just love how Chris is wearing Olaf. I don't. I personally don't. I just need. Yes, all of that. As you can tell, I have Olaf's all over. This is a frozen tree. Oh boy! Yep, rolling deep in Olaf's. Oh yeah, I this Olaf is actually from Japan. I found it from a little store. So this little puppet Olaf. No, Olaf's big overseas. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's huge over there. I even have a little bento box here. (laughs) This is true. He has international appeal. Yeah. Um. But that poo sweater. <laughs> that poo though. If, if you, okay, Kyle, when you're putting it on, if you yeah. just stand far away, like if you were off in the distance, that yeah. looks like a clean collar Can right there. Like, like just stand back. Just look at that. <laughs> Amazing. I guess I, I said, I'm not going to lie. Like, that's kind of dope. Right? It's, it's like, it's almost <laughs> like not ugly because it's like sick. It's, it's a great like if you wear that to a Christmas party. That's an that's a conversation starter right there, and you're gonna and <laughs> yeah, you're gonna win best sweater hands down. Probably my poo sweater. I I love the poo. I'm giving I'm giving poo the win. Poo the win. Chris has tied it up yet again in the shop Disney roulette with this poo holiday sweater. We'll have to take like a a, a mouse madness like. Christmas photo after this and uh and post it to the ground oh, so yeah. people can see what oh, these, yeah. these sweaters look like. But uh I'm happy with mine. This is really this is gonna be a shocker no matter where I wear it, whether it's yeah. holiday or not, it's it's gonna be a good one. Yeah, I um <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I I always give you <laughs> my shop Disney roulette things, sans the the haunted mansion mug, is always things that like you get and you're like, what am I going to do with this? I don't like, I'm not like you, Kyle. Like, I, I don't acquire things and then keep them. I like, <laughs> you know, that's okay. I, I, I'll do something with this. Don't All worry. Right, Maybe yeah. I'll have children one day that are big Olaf fans and Maybe. I'll Maybe. swaddle them with it. Maybe. All right. Well, folks. I've done it. I've even even the score. Yeah. Our shop is in your life. But the gift giving is not over. No, it's not. We've got more gifts to open. Uh, last week, we found Tom Morrow. We did. On. Tom Morrow is, we've got him. He's right here. Uh, what a joyous we day. Did. The pull of the pod um, ended in, in happiness for everyone. Absolutely. Um, we've got him. We're going to get him turned into a, a swag chain. Um, and that's going to be coming real soon but uh, we still have two more packs of pull of the pod to open and i mean let's just finish this thing off let's just let's do it let's, let's just see what's what's in the other two packs here and if not? we get another tomorrow we're, we're drinking we... a fifth right now oh man 
Um, all right. Okay, and and Marissa is gonna have it. All right, so rapid, rap, rap, rapid fire. We got Fantasyland, Autopia, garbage. Nah. We've got Disneyland, Allway. Dude, these things are sticky. Yeah, they are. But this is my first poll of the pod pack that I've opened. <laughs> so, bear with me here, folks. I'm not an expert like Kyle. Disneyland, Allway, Monorail System. Oh, Mark Five. That's a I good like one. It. I like, I like it. that. Uh, the the newest parade at Disneyland, the Main Street Electrical Parade. <laughs> Casey Jr. Circus Train. I think I can. I think I can. Ooh. And of course, Dwayne the Rock Johnson in Jungle River Adventureland. Doesn't say Jungle Cruise. Mm-hmm. It says Jungle River on That's this poster. Okay. Yeah, so it is a it is an OG. Um and then we've got the the last pack. Any guesses on what on like something that might be in here? Do a little Let's see. Do here. a little ESP. Let's see. Um I think that we are going to get, I don't know. There's a lot that we get a ton of times, but I can't really think of what that might be this time. Another pack meal. No, we're going to get one of the shooting galleries this time. And then we're going to get a die cut from Haunted Mansion. Okay. I'm going to say we're going to get some type of railroad card. Okay. Okay. Marissa, any guesses? Um, Something to do with Critter Country. Okay. First one is the attraction poster. Rockets to the moon. Oh, nice. We get to put him right right next to Tom Morrow here. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Number two. Let's see. I'm I'm doing I'm doing no look on all of these just because I want to build the drama a little bit. Sure. It is. Party Gras. Oh. We we already got this one, but this is a great card. We love Party Gras in this house. Next up. Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Critter Country. There you go. You got it. Marissa's right. And ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the f- oh, wait. No, we've got two more. They're stuck together, though, so they feel like one. All right. It is Space Mountain. Oh, okay. I don't know if we've ever gotten this one. Eh, we eh, probably have. Probably. Gotten all-, all right, folks. We've done it. We've reached the end of Pull of the Pod. We have our last card here. Ooh. I'm happy to do the honors to tell you what it is. and and. What better way to end it than with a 1955 Disneyland original attraction? We did not get Tom Morrow dupes. Nope. But we got the Jungle Cruise. All right. Plain and simple. It's a black and white Jungle Cruise photo, debut attractions card. And uh, I hope to get on this thing when we're there yep. in a couple of weeks. Yep, but yep, yep. thank you to everyone for, for following along with us on this uh this journey and uh and shout out to tess for to the tess. future owner of tess all of is these about cards. to get all of these for winning disney trivia night as part of jerry's gang so tess you have plenty of cards coming your way now that we've opened all of them uh and even tom morrow we found tom morrow i can't believe that he was a one of a kind card in this pack of duplicates we picked it we picked a good one to go for <sighs> we really did he's really got the did. he's got like a blowout you know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> he's so dope he's uh, so dope uh, alright so that's out of the way uh, and one one final gift we received was a great response slash review yeah. from Kyle Madsen last week um, we had we had just released one of our Frozen episodes and he hit us up with a little uh, reaction uh, I talk about Game of Thrones a lot on this podcast because I am a huge uh, Game of Thrones fan and Kyle is as well. So he had something to say. 
He said, uh, Game of Thrones is the frozen timeline where Elsa isn't locked away as a child. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to need some more. I'm going to need a little <laughs> bit more than that. And he said, okay. So the short of it is that Elsa equals the children of the forest. The children of the forest are basically like the uh, early settlers of Westeros that essentially their magic created the Night King, who is kind of like the main antagonist of uh, the realm. Okay. She's eventually exiled from Arendelle and fill in the deeds however you want, but eventually she creates the Night King because she wants to turn the world into a perpetual state of winter. So it's like Elsa could use her powers for evil by causing an internal world because that's kind of Game of Thrones. That's like what happens. Winter sure. takes over uh, Westeros. So I responded with, there is absolutely evidence for this theory as it's shown her powers have a touch aspect similar to the Night King. Also, her powers are inherited from a forest ice hybrid, just like the Night King. Uh, she has demonstrated some green seer tendencies as well. Green seeing is when you can see flashes of things that are either happening right now or are going to happen in the future. Okay. Uh, I wonder if they left Anna there for long enough when she's frozen at the end of Frozen 1, would her body reanimate and would she become a lifeless ice soldier? <laughs> like that is That is a big maybe for me. Yeah. What if hmm. Anna's sacrifice did not save herself or whatever it was? Interesting. Hmm. It's like we need a frozen what if series. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We did get one though. It uh, was what if Olaf told all the stories of <laughs> all the other Disney movies. No, no, thank you. <laughs> um all right. Sorry, guys. I just want to talk about that because I love talking about Game of Thrones. Uh, thank you, Kyle, for the response. And remember, y'all can leave a little review on Apple Podcast if you've got some time, got some stars to hand out. Uh, we would love to, to get some feedback from y'all. Or you can hit us with some text messages, hit us up on social media. We love uh, little reactions like that. Uh, Michael also shouted out uh, Lost in the Woods is his favorite Disney song or his favorite Frozen, Frozen song. song. It's, yeah. it's a good song. It's a great song. Um, you know this. All right, so uh, we didn't even talk about Spoonful of Sugar. Nope. So <clears throat> last week you had bartending duties. Yep. You made us up some uh, some nice tiki beverages. I did. Um, I brought uh, brought the drinks for round two here. We're still at the stew in Oakland. Yup. And I brought us something I haven't drinking on Mouse Madness before, and that is a glass of wine. Oh, yeah. So I don't know anything about wine. I know there are red wines and there are white wines. Yeah. And I know that Merlot is a red wine. Yep. You'd be right. That is the extent of my wine knowledge. Okay. So my aunt's 60th birthday is this weekend and we're going wine tasting. Ooh. So I'm like, hmm, maybe I should try and like dabble in some wine a little bit and like figure, like try and like teach myself some things maybe yeah. or I don't know, make an effort in some way <laughs> so I can kind of go in not like a total idiot. I still don't know what I'm doing, but. I, I went on Reddit and I was like, I like sour. So like, what kind of wine should I get if I like sour? And they said Italians. Okay. Specifically Barbera or Chianti. Hmm. So I got this wine from Total Wines in Walnut Creek uh, from Moro Sebasti Cento Brici 2018 uh, product of Italy, Alba. Alba, Italy. It's a Barbera. Okay. And um, 
and cheers. Cheers. See what, see, see what. So like, you know, my goal was for it to be kind of like sour, like give you a little pucker maybe. I can taste where the sour could come from. Right? Like in the end, there's uh-huh. like a lingering kind of like. Yeah. A little tart almost. I like it. I'm also not a wine connoisseur and I'll drink most every wine. Uh, but this one, yeah, this one's tasty. Nice yeah. pick. No, I like it. Um, so like something I like one of my like guilty pleasures slash like bad habits was a kid was like chewing on tinfoil and sucking on pennies <laughs> because I liked the like I liked the like metal yeah. like pain <laughs> that you get in your mouth when you sure. and I think kind of that's kind of where the that sour that that kind of like yeah sure tangy sure. soury. Yeah. desire comes from with like my beverages so this definitely like fills that a little bit yeah it's pretty pretty nice marissa are you on to wine hot chocolate part two um i am not because i finished that at the white elephant gift party that i hosted last oh. week but i do have some red wine left over and i use this wine for my red white wine hot chocolate but it's, uh, my brother gave this bottle to me. He was like, I have no room in my wine fridge. Here we go. And I have a bar cart in my house. So I put it in there. It's the 19 Crimes Cali Red Snoop Dogg Blend. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that before. It is actually very good. Um, yeah. It also has, hold on, let's see. Let me double check. I'm a big numbers person. So it's 159 Five star ratings out of two hundred on Total Wine. What? Very good. Yeah, I did not. I did not expect that. But we also have him on. <laughs> <laughs> when I pulled, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is it." That's yes. Hey, Snoop, Snoop Dogg, on the court. He's become such a renaissance man. Oh yeah, he's all over NHL. he's like commentator on NHL 20. They like stopped giving the game updates. So he's like stuck on, he's like stuck in the game. Uh, Uh, He did the, the Olympics after show with Kevin. Yeah. He, uh, he loves let it go by the way. We didn't call that out when we were talking about (laughs) frozen songs, but he does love let it go. Yeah. Great pick 19 crimes. They have some hit or miss, but Snoops is definitely one of the hits. Um. All right. Yep. We get in our gifts. We've got some Mary in our cup. It is time to talk about the best on-screen Disney gift. And before we get back into where we left off, just a reminder, we surveyed people who went to see Encanto the day after Thanksgiving as our demographic to pick the 16. Um, after a discussion, we got left with a round of eight. And the eight looks like this, the number one Buzz Lightyear versus the, versus the number nine Cinderella's dress. Down the brackets, number 13, Papa Lightfoot's Wizard Staff versus number five, Peter Quill's Walkman slash Awesome Mix. Across the bracket is the number 15, Mulan's Lucky Cricket versus number seven, Luca's Train Ticket. Cricket ticket. <laughs> and down the bracket, finally rounding out the Elite Eight is number three, Boo's Door versus number 11, Herb Brooks Whistle. I see some very, very good matchups on this. And yeah. Chris... Uh, you went first last time, so I'm going to go ahead and leave this one off. Number one, Buzz versus number nine, Cinderella's Dress. I didn't move on Cinderella's Dress last time. It was the Battle of the Dresses, and 
Marissa came in with the gavel and she said that uh, Sleeping Beauty is a bad movie and she likes Cinderella a lot better. So Cinderella moved on with her dress. Uh, we talked all about it last time. Animals made it for her. She's ready to go to the ball. Stepsisters realize that elements of the dress are from some of their things that they had thrown out themselves and they rip up her dress. But no worry because the fairy godmother is there and the fairy godmother is going to give her a dress and she does and she's able to go to the ball. We didn't dive in a ton about Buzz. Um, so I'll take a moment to, to give him his flowers here. So we talked about how Andy got Buzz for his birthday. But Buzz was also a surprise gift. Uh, Buzz was given to Andy by his mom who had Buzz hiding in a closet uh, after all of his friends at his birthday party had given the gifts. And so he says, Andy's mom's like, oh, but there's one more. And it's that great army men scene where they're trying to call back to, to home base being like, you know, red alert, red alert. There's, a, there's another, another present, another present right as they're about to turn it off. And so they do. And uh, it's Buzz Lightyear. And Buzz is given to Andy. He comes running up very excited. The kids go running around to try and find, to try and play with Buzz. And once they get upstairs, the Andy's mom, for whatever reason, calls them back down because it's time for games and they leave Buzz up there, which I thought was an interesting thing to happen. That Andy was given this present that apparently is super hype. And we learn is very hype because <laughs> yeah. he's on like commercials. It's the hottest new toy of the season. But then Andy leaves him upstairs instead of taking him down to play games. And I thought that was an interesting thing that like usually as kids, when we get a gift that we love, we keep that thing with us all the time. So like when you used to open presents on Christmas morning, yeah, would you like open the toy immediately when you after opening the present? Oh, good question. Because isn't that kind of like a similar reasoning that like if mm. I just got a Nintendo 64 for Christmas and it was the first present I opened, why wouldn't I plug it into the TV and play with it right away? Right. But Buzz was the last toy that he got and all they had to do next was play games. And I think that if I got a present that I could bring with me, that present would come with me to play the games like as a as like a doll. It would at least stay downstairs with me. So anyways, brings him up. Toys are introduced to Buzz. Buzz is this new toy. Uh, Andy takes Buzz to Pizza Planet with him. And at the gas station, Buzz and Woody fall out of the van. And the rest of the movie, Andy has to pack to move out into a new house. And he's very bummed that he's missing his toy because he it's like as if a seven-year-old got the hottest new Power Ranger toy in the 90s. That's basically what this Furby. is. Furby. Tickle me Elmo. Any of these. Tamagotchi. Do you know what Tamagotchi is? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I was, no, I was trying to think of another, another big uh, present. Polly Pocket. Dude, I was watching some old Christmas home movies last night. Sockum Boppers. Oh. Remember Sockum Boppers? Of Toys like, let's just, let's just get our kids basically boxing gloves and they can <laughs> wail on each other. Game Boy. Game Boys. Yeah, Pokemon so, cards, Beanie Babies. Beanie Babies. Wow. Yeah, so uh, Cabbage Patch Kids. So Buzz is that toy, and Andy's bummed that he lost him after just having him for, you know, however long Buzz existed until they had to move. Um, Very good toy. 
the transaction there is mom surprising Andy with something that he didn't realize he was going to get after all the presents were already given. It was the surprise element of the gift, which is really cool. I like that. Uh, It's the hottest new thing. So mom's in in touch with what the kids want these days and is able to give it to her son. Her son's now the cool kid on the block with Buzz Lightyear. Um, And it's one of those toys that Andy carries around with him. He brings He's going to bring him to the pizza place. Like he loves this toy. Uh, and I think that's that's great. But I feel like Cinderella's dress is probably a little bit more than just this sentimental toy, even if you can call it a sentimental toy. This is a gift from people that love and want to see Cinderella do well, that they're willing to pull out all the stops for her to make it happen. Uh, the rats, the mice, <laughs> risking their lives against Lucifer. Uh, gang- all the the birds and everything coming together to build the thing. Uh, fairy godmother saving the day and giving her the dress so that she can get to that ball. Whole team effort there. And it's all to benefit Cinderella and because everyone sees the character that Cinderella is, as opposed to just a kid who who got this toy uh, as a birthday present. So I'm going to go with Cinderella's dress with the upset. Yeah, I always kind of felt like the relationship between Andy and the toys is sort of implied. Yeah. So much as like we get to see it. Um you know, I like I think of the toys that I treasured the most as a kid and they were ones that like I had with me during like very scary things that maybe happened to me or like I would have a bad dream at night and I would kind of like hug them or, you know, they were toys that I played with my brother with. So there was kind of like a additional meaning for me there. And so, you know, we see Andy play with these toys a lot, but I don't know that we really see him kind of have that connection with them. We just kind of believe it because I think Andy is, is sort of like a vessel for us. Yes. And that, you know, that final scene in Toy Story 3 where he gives his toys to Bonnie, it's like, that's us. It's not so much Andy saying goodbye to the toys. It is us saying goodbye to the toys. Right. Just kidding. <laughs> Toy Story 4 and spinoff shorts. But I think that's kind of, we kind of, we are Andy. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah and totally. so uh, we are receiving Buzz Lightyear in this movie more than Andy is. Uh, but question didn't Andy like consider maybe taking Woody and Buzz with him to college? He just didn't want to he was give gonna, them away. Yeah, he right? was gonna, they were going to go to the attic. He was going to give away all the all of all but two, right? Yes. He put Woody in his college box. He was okay. only going to take Woody. He was putting everyone else in attic. Okay. And then, but the sister put in because there were three bags or well, technically there's a bag in two boxes there's a college right. one a sunny side and then the trash bag but then mm. it got mixed up in all that shenanigans and that's how they ended up at sunny side because right. They, right because right. andy wanted to put it up in the attic and then yes. molly needed help etc so nailed it right and then he was gonna take them back but he didn't right but, and then um, he gets really upset and right. says where did all these go? And he got really upset. And okay, so he was going to take Woody to college. He was taking so, Woody to college, correct. Question to both of you. Did you take any t- t- toys or ant- stuffed animals t- with you to college when you moved to college? 
not a toy or stuffed animal, but I brought a small pillow okay. that I sleep with in the same way that like a kid would sleep with a stuffed animal because I have to be gripping something like a football when I sleep. And this oh, pillow is of that size in which I can like you just run in plays, with it. You just run in plays uh-huh. in your dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I brought that with me, which okay. was like a comfort item, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I know when I moved to Santa Barbara, I didn't bring a stuffed animal. I had like <laughs> stuff, but when I was at Arizona State, I had two stuffed animals, but I think I bought them when I was at, like I made a trip to Disney and then I brought them back with me. Okay. So it was technically not, I brought them with right. me, but I still like, had them on my bed. Got yeah. it. Got so. it. So. I, I brought my Nintendo 64. Okay. With me to school. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. Cause dude, you're like the most popular got kid it. on the yes. floor. If you, if you've got the, and I had a TV in my room too. So oh. we were, we had it, me and Kyle Gray had an illegal uh, bunk bed set up too, where we had like more <laughs> floor space than we were supposed to have. It was dope. It was dope. Um, and I brought like the, I had this, uh, kind of like Marissa's Olaf puppet, but it was a, it was a panda hand puppet huh. called Pandy creative, okay. creative name. Very. And I, I brought Pandy with me to college huh. and I put him somewhere in my room but i remember like by the time i was like a party boy i would like put, I, I would put <laughs> I, no i would like put it him on my hand and make him like hold a shot glass and then he would like <laughs> feed me he would like feed me in my friend's shots <laughs> I was like, let's go pandy oh i love that so we had some good times yeah, at college you know that. like he did it he grew like me he also yeah, matured yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 uh Good times. Good times, Pandy. I don't know where Pandy is these ah, days. Pour one out for Pan- Pandy. Pandy, Pandy, Pandy. Uh, wow, what are we talking about here? Buzz Lightyear versus Cinderella's, Cinderella's dress. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what, what did you say again? I said Cinderella's dress because it okay. came from a, a place of love as opposed to a, a mom surprising her kid with the hottest new toy. I, I'm going with Buzz Lightyear. Okay. I think he's... I think. I think we think of him as a gift. I think even though we've had so many movies with him, like we still think of him as like, he's the, he's the disruptor. He's the, he's the person that has something to prove. And he's the, he is the hot new toy still. I think so. uh, Marissa, you're breaking this tie. In my Marissa's bracket that I have in my document right here, I have Cinderella's dress over Buzz Lightyear. Ooh. I... But when I told my boyfriend I was going to be doing this bracket, he was like, if you don't pick Buzz Lightyear to the end, like, I don't know who you are. But I was like, (laughs) but here's the thing, though. Like, I'm just a person, like, especially for Christmas, like, I have 99.99% Christmas shopping done. Like, everything's wrapped to and from. It's under my tree. I have two trees in my house also. Love it. But there's something about actually like making and putting an effort to a gift that is more sentimental and it might not be a hundred percent like the best like dress or the best item but it came from your heart so I just feel like that goes over anything that you just oh yeah I'll just buy this off like current day 
present day. I'll just buy it off Amazon, wrap it and all this stuff, which if that's, if that's your thing, that's your thing. But for me personally, I just love how they all came together and said, we're going to do this for Cinderella. She does so much for her mom, her stepmom and stepsisters, and she doesn't complain. She doesn't do anything wrong. So we're going to do this for her. And even though it ends up getting trashed in the end, but karma comes around and she gets her fairy godmother and she goes to the ball happily ever after. I just think that Cinderella's dress has more sentimental feeling behind it versus Buzz Lightyear. I just feel like they just brought him in as, oh, he's the cool new toy and that's the new character. Sure. But I do like how Andy's mom wrapped it in Buzz Lightyear wrapping paper. <laughs> Dude, that came just with not, it. 100% like, not just like, oh, what do we have here? Yeah. She pulls it out of the, I think it's a coat closet, right? Yep. She's like, yep. oh, what do we have here? Wrapped in Buzz Lightyear wrapping paper. And like to oh. your guys' point, like when you get the hot new toy, you bring that thing with you everywhere. I remember when I got a Game Boy, a color Game Boy, the raspberry <laughs> color. Oh my gosh, I brought that thing everywhere and I played Pokemon till no end. And oh, that yeah. was so fun. Oh, but these days, Andy man. just chucked it, put it on his bed, and called it a day. So yeah. Cinderella's dress for me. <laughs> we talked about the um the army men scene, but when he's Sarge is saying like giving a play by play of what's each gift as it comes in. And he's like, bed sheets, we've got bed sheets. And <laughs> Potato Head's like, bed sheets? Who invited that kid? <laughs> I was like thinking, I was like, yeah, who did invite Dude, that kid? one's so good. Um and when they're they're watching the kids arrive with the presents and they see the kid with the they're like oh there's a nice little box and he turns it's like, like ah! those blinds are like closing and opening <laughs> dude ah toy story is such a great movie i mean goodness i mean come on um all right so let's move on to the next matchup it's number 13 uh the lightfoot wizard staff versus number five uh peter quill's walkman and his awesome mixes so I talked uh, a lot about the the wizard staff and kind of how I feel about the wizard staff. Yep. Don't like Onward, but I like what the staff does for Ian's character. Totally. Um, and I like that the, the wizard staff becomes less of a wizard staff and more of a metaphor by the end of the movie. I think that's a really great way to handle an inanimate object in a film. I agree. Uh, even though the film itself, I don't think is very good. <laughs> so... This Walkman and this awesome tape, though, bro. It's it's I, heavy hitter, dude. I I'm not like a Marvel super fan, right? I'm not really a Guardians of the Galaxy super fan, but I love this concept of the mixtape being so important to the fabric of the movie. This, this, it's they're one in the same. Like there is no Guardians of the Galaxy without this mixtape, and there is, there is no mixtape without Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously either. Um, yeah, it's important, like you said, to Peter Quill's character. He uses it as this kind of like source of power. He gets really worked up when the, um, the the prison guards from it's, the the kiln. Yeah. When they take it from him and, and he's they're gonna leave without him. He's like, they didn't put it back. And he puts himself in jeopardy to go back and 
can get it. Yeah. He, yeah. He even sees the dude like listening to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so it's really important to him. And like you said, the way that he remembers his mom, like that's his one attachment to, to his, his, his past, basically his, his earth life. Um, so it's really important to him and he has been without family for so long and that represents family to him Mm -hmm. and, and he's been hoarding this second awesome mix as kind of like, uh, holding out hope that maybe, I don't know, something, something mind blowing is inside there, I guess that will make him feel whole. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And, and it's funny that he ends up finding family in the, right. in the other garden. Like that's a movie obviously. <laughs> and then that kind of makes him say like, I, I can finally open this because I don't, I have to be afraid that like opening this present is the death of right. my it's family. The end. Right. It's the end of right. what right. is my mom. Yeah. Just gr- like God. Yeah. For such a goofy, dumb movie. Yeah. It is such a, powerful thread that i feel like i mean music obviously is going to play continue to play a part in these films but just how you know is is this memory of his mom and this finding of family going to continue to drive him or is it now this new family that he's going to become protective over as we continue into this next phase it's it's interesting it's a great establishment of what peter quill cares about and the uh, i mean to I can't remember if we've ever talked about uh, diegetic and non-diegetic sound on this podcast. I think I've brought it up briefly. <laughs> Maybe. But basically, like, diegetic is sound that is heard within the world of the movie, and non-diegetic uh. is sound that we hear but the characters can't. And this movie toes the line. Yep. It's both. We can, we can you know, he puts on the Walkman, and we hear a pop song, in any other movie, it's just like a pop song montage, but like he actually can also hear it too. Right. It's interesting how, and and this is Guardians of the Galaxy two. I think they kind of, it kind of sputters a little bit, and one of the reasons is that the song selection in Guardians of the Galaxy one feels like a true mixtape. Like it's literally a mixtape is something you give so- someone, and it's like jams like these are some, right these are, yeah, these yeah. some pops like put it on in your car yeah when you're trying to vibe yeah and i mean there are people that like you know maybe like here's one specifically for how i feel about you mm-hmm. or like you know capturing this specific mood or for this specific occasion or whatever but um the for the most part the songs are not particularly related to what's happening on the screen. Right. Besides maybe fooled around and fell in love. Like, but you know, when they're, that's the whole reason we like that intro where he's singing uh, that song. And it's like this, these two things have nothing to do with each other. And the, and the contrast is what makes it memorable and really interesting. Yep. Um, So, and that's, that's the aesthetic of guardians of the galaxy. It's like, it's just a, giant clash yeah. of things. The one, I think there's only one song that is, that is, we never see them actually listening to it before we hear it. It's always like you see the tape spinning on the deck. And the one that we don't ever see that is moon age daydream by David Bowie when they're flying into nowhere. Right. By the way, Eternals fans, 
that head where that place is, that's a dead celestial. Right. Yeah. So that might come into play mm-hmm. at some point. But didn't that place get blowed up? Maybe. I don't know. Back to the mixtape. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Two on the nose. Yeah. Like mom's mom died like 35 years ago and her, the music she selected just a little happens to like match every up with single, everything. Every yeah. single scene that it plays in. It's like perfect. The perfect soundtrack. Yeah. Hate that. Also the Guardians of the Galaxy 2, you lose the you lose that um, sense of like, can the characters hear it? Can right. they not hear it? Is right. it just in the background? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then suddenly like Yondu's crew is listening to music as well. And it's like, so where did they, <laughs> like, where did that come from? Because Peter's on a different ship now and uh, they kind of lost the purity of the mixtape concept in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. But I do like that it gets destroyed. Yeah. In the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, um, and it kind of helps Peter realize that the real mixtape was the friends we made along the way. A <laughs> uh, 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 question. Does, okay. does, does, does Walkman runs on batteries, like AA batteries, right? Yeah. So, so were they like w- running around the galaxy, like f- trying to find batteries? Because there's no way the batteries lasted all this time. Something tells me that in these travels of theirs, they found an alternative power source for this Walkman. Okay. They were able to make something. It's powered by the Infinity Stones. <laughs> what if what if one of them was in the battery pack of the Walkman? No. Like and <laughs> that like, was one like <laughs> it's that would have been actually. the most like incredible place to find like that final yeah. Infinity Stone. I mean, I just, just to pile on some other things I'm remembering about the Walkman it comes around to the, the final moment of the first movie when he defeats uh, yeah, dance battle. Vlad the Impaler or whatever his name is. Yeah, he's dance off, bro. Yeah. Perfect for a guy who spends most of his time just listening to music and gi- being in the pelvic zone sorcery. And- <laughs> That's what Gamora calls it or whatever. Um, I got to tell you, the, the opening credits of the second movie might be better than the first movie. It's the one where Groot's just dancing it's around, the, right? Yeah, it's the one where Baby Groot, they turn on, they're trying to figure out how to hook up the sound system. Yeah. And then this monster teleports in and they're fighting it. Uh, so this is, this is they need to show this in film schools if they don't already. Up, up with Citizen Kane. Oh. And like, uh, there is a concept. So let's, let's do some more film school. Please, guys, hold on. Okay? I'm getting another glass of wine for this, this is one. Called, this is called... Uh, this is this is narrative and narration. Okay. So there's a narrative, there's a narration, and there's a narrator. And so the narration is just like the whole movie, basically. And inside the plots, <laughs> the way the story is told, there's two things. There's the fabula and the sujet. And the fabula <laughs> is, is time, and the sujet is like, imagine the plot diagram that you draw, that's the sujet. So the sujet is time as we, the audience, perceive it, and fabula is time as it passes in the world of the movie. So in the fabula of the opening credit sequence of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, the Guardians of the Galaxy fight an evil monster. But in the sujet of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Baby Groot dances around. <laughs> okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So it's like it's frames of reference. Yep. And so it's just a, a very easy example of how movies have a power 
to tell the type of story they it want to tell. To. Yep. They can focus very narrow or they can focus very big. Yeah. Um, and this is just kind of a fun example of that. I think it's, and, and they don't, they don't teach that until like, maybe that is film 101. Maybe that is a super basic thing. Now that I'm thinking about it, I can't remember. Anyways, well, it's been too long. Welcome to film 101. With you know, Miles I had Madness. to, u- I had to use my education somehow. <laughs> and this is, this is how I'm applying it uh, is in this conversation of baby Groot and the Walkman. I uh, love it. And awesome mix volume too. So uh, I'm, I'm advancing the guardians of the galaxy here with, with the Walkman and, and it's just too important to the movie, to the character, to everything. Yeah, but so is the wizard staff. I know, That's no, I know. I'm like, I'm, but yeah, That's I know. It. Like when you have onward up against Chris Pratt, it's kind of well, yeah. Well, you have lose, Chris lose. Pratt up against Chris Pratt against Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. <laughs> in the sense, uh, Spider Man versus Spider Man in some other senses as well. We're gonna meme that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, onward, but the staff is replaced by a Walkman. That gives the instructions of how to bring dad back. Dude, it's the same movie. It's the same movie, bro. Have and you been thinking that this whole time and you're just waiting to say it? It's the it's the Italian wine that really inspired me with yeah. that one. Um two dead parents give their kids something that their kids cherish. One has a power, quite literally, one has a purpose, the staff to bring dad back. The other one has the power of sentiment and memory um, that allows some sort of escapism within Peter. He escapes the now, goes into a place in which it's his happy place. It's his zone. The staff allows Ian to let go of his fears and come into himself a little bit, be the human he's truly meant to be. These are the same movies, Chris. <laughs> Ian and Barley are just the guardians of the mythical galaxy that is whatever that small town was. They even fight a dragon at the end. What is this? What is this? There are no original ideas. We got to give Barbera wine more often. Uh, is what I <laughs> it's opening other dimensions for me right now. Oh, yeah. I mean. It's it's tough because I'm also not a big Marvel guy, obviously, and wasn't a big fan of Onward. Uh, both involve Chris Pratt, who we've learned is not who I like in my films, although he is very funny and he's a very good actor in these specific roles. Um, I think, though, there's just something about... No, they're just too close. I think I'm going to go with five. I think I'm going to agree with you with the Walkman. Let's go. Let's I go. think that like it's the, the subtleness of the gift that allows Peter to let go of any other inhibition and always have his mom by his side. I think like he's probably never actually said that, but I think that's also what the film gives off is that with this thing... With this last memory of his mom, he feels at home. You've said that it, it's his sen- only sense of family. I think it's also just his only sense of belonging. It's his only memory yeah. of a time in yeah. which he's fit in and meant to be someplace. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. Uh, Marissa, did we make the right choice with the Walkman moving on here? Yes. Um, I, I had the Walkman in Awesome Mix. Um, I will say um, I... Still love Onward. 
Okay. I when I first watched it, I sobbed like a baby. I don't even yeah. know why, but I did. I I don't think I've cried that hard at a Disney movie in a very very long time. It I just mean, hit that, me. That, that last scene is like, really tough to watch. Like I the, think the checkbox. That was it. I was like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. But also. I don't remember who said it last episode, but they were saying something with Ian and he's not anything without the staff. Who said that? Like, he's not probably, anything without the staff. I, I went on one about it. Taking a step further with you, with both of you saying Onward is the same as Guardians of the Galaxy. What about Onward is the same as Spider-Man Homecoming? I am nothing without you. Are nothing without this suit. You are nothing without this stuff. Well, that's the same guy too. Is what is exactly? What that's, it, that's they're all. It's a Spider-Man, trilogy. Tom Holland. It's Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, in Triangle. It's like they wrote one story, and they're like, "How can we spread this aqua- across all things that we own, all at once?" <laughs> but we don't own Spider Man yet, so let's <laughs> let's give gift this to Sony. Didn't this happen in Avengers Infinity War when Spider-Man was going to save the day, but Star-Lord came and screwed things up? It's all Star-Lord's fault. Wow. And Dad could have come back had Barley not messed it all up. Triangle. I'm telling you. Oh, my gosh. Has Robert Downey Jr. done a Pixar or animated of any kind? Oh, he question. would be a good animated voice, I would think. I would think so too. Good question. Is Not he too Garfield? Sure. No, that's um, Bill Murray. No, well, he's better. Anyways. Anyways. Walkman and Awesome Mix is moving on past wizard stuff. <laughs> All right. Awesome Mix moves on. Let's talk about this next matchup, which is a doozy. It's the number 15 Mulan's Lucky Cricket versus the number seven Luca's train ticket this is tough because this is that that family and family gift that is only to better our protagonist in both ways uh it's one is a sacrifice it's a alberto giving up his friend to school (laughs) basically Uh, it is him giving up possibly his love for for his friend, it is all of these things. And it's tough because, you know, Luca really wants and loves this. But Alberto might not want to give it away quite yet. And so he he makes the sacrifice, he convinces the parents, and and there they are. They're willing to let Luca go. And it was all his friend's idea. And I think that's awesome. It's also really sweet because these kids are young right i mean they're what we can assume they're probably 12 yeah i was gonna say anywhere between probably 10 and 12 they definitely like have the desire to go be on their own which is not something i wanted to do until i was probably like 14 oh dude it was like when i was like 17 I I was, I was so afraid to leave home. I was like, I don't want to go to college. I'm gonna stay home. Did you Did you cry when you got dropped off at college? No, dude. By that time, 
I like I couldn't get my parents out of my dorm room fast okay. enough. Okay. Um looking back on it, really rude of me to do that. Mm. Um but they knew they they knew I was over it. <laughs> um I did the same but, thing too. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> I'm the only one. Um but it's also like you can see just how meaningful this gift is to Luca. Like to have that that, you know, he had to consider it. It wasn't just like a, oh my God, thank you so much. This is so nice of you. It was this moment of like, I I can't do this. And he's like, No, I I talked to your parents, or grandma really says like he talked to the parents. It was a tough sell, but he he got it to happen for you. And Luca accepting it without with some almost like a bit of remorse to it because he knows what the sacrifice meant yeah just kind of shows how far that that gift goes and that's such a great gift when it's it's thoughtful in that way you it's kind of like booze door right mike sacrificed his hands to make this door alberto sacrificed all that he knew over these past two weeks he was living on an island by himself he even says like you got me from this island i should let you go off onto your sort of island so i think that's really sweet it also allows like them to grow as people and not just be the same kind of arguing couple that they've been this entire time it's really (laughs) nice it's a great really thoughtful gift and who doesn't like a train ride i'm big on trains you're big on trains dude trains are good because you can like use your phone on it you get five. You get that five G when you're on a train. One, last good, time, because you can t- use your phone on it, dude. Last time we rode the train from New York to Pittsburgh, yeah. ten hours. Oof! I brought my Xbox and plugged it into the outlet, oh, and then brought a gosh. monitor and plugged it into the outlet. And I was playing Madden on a tiny TV <laughs> on the Amtrak, and I was like, "Dude, this is sick." So, and it, dude, it like it felt like it was like an hour, and we did. It was so fun. This is probably Jerry's game. Julia got a hot dog and it was (laughs) train car. What do they got? Wi-Fi and hot dogs. Big (laughs) cells for trains. And dude, the bathrooms on trains are so much bigger than airplane toilets. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're so nice. There's because there's no weight requirement (laughs) or or And you can get up whenever you want, too. There's no seatbelts on a train. Hey, hey. We're done with this airplane travel stuff. We're bringing back trains only. Let's go. Let's go. Or let's go. Same. When that bullet, when that bullet train from San Francisco to Anaheim comes in, oh, drop me <laughs> off at the front gate, baby. I'm getting off. I'll right pick here. you up. Yeah, I will, pick, I will drive go. up, pick you up, and let's go. <laughs> we gotta plan. We need to come with a bottle of Barbera. Train gang. That's what our uh, new Patreon. Our tier next is tier, be. Yep. Train, train gang. gang. <laughs> you get a ticket with us onto the bullet train to Disneyland. All right. Anyway, so now let's talk about Mulan's lucky cricket. (laughs) Uh, This is also a great gift because it's a, it's a, one of those lesson teaching gifts. Uh, You can probably find another example as I continue to explain it, but it's like this something that someone gives somebody else, and they're like, "I'm, I'm never going to use this. This is dumb. This is useless." And it turns out to be like exactly what they needed. Feel like this happens in multiple different movies and I yeah there's a there's wrong. an snl song called the candle mm. it's about uh people who give away a candle they found in a drawer okay here's a pixar example 
uh, in uh, Good Dinosaur. The gift that this film gave Arlo was this little caveman boy mm. who he didn't want yeah. and was trying to actively get rid of. And mm. in reality, it was exactly what he needed. Tomater. Tomater. So usually they're people, not gifts. But gifts can people can be gifts of presences. A present, the, the presence. The, yeah, Ralph's hero medal, you know. Right, exactly. So that's kind of what this cricket is. Like, why thanks, Grandma, I guess, for, for this cricket. I don't really need it. You say it's lucky, but really it seems to just get us in trouble. But that is, that's its purpose. This cricket has led you to exactly who you're supposed to be. And that's very important. The only issue here for me, though, is that Luca's train ticket is a an actual gift that meant a lot and did a lot of good for the two. And we see that in the credit sequence that they're both growing as people. If you've watched the um, short with Alberto and his oh, and, yeah. uh, Juliana's dad, like you, it's it's a great short as well. But you see his growth as well, like without his his rock in Luca. With the lucky cricket. I think that it was not just the cricket. It was also like Mushu. It was this growth in, within Mulan that there was a lot of things that went into her journey that might not just be able to be attributed to the cricket, although the cricket was a great gift. Um, so I'm going to go with Lucas' train ticket here over the 15th seed Mulan's lucky cricket. Yeah, it's it's meaningful to both of them. Uh, it's the the idea that if you really love something, let it go, and that is a gift in itself. Yeah. So so I'm agreeing with you on on the train ticket. I think that one's pretty easy for me. Uh, Marissa, do you agree? I agree. Um, Lucas train ticket. When I first saw the film, I was like, oh my gosh, that is precious. Yeah. That yeah. is yeah. It, that that hit because like you were mentioning, like when you love something, you let it go and. Right. You you want the best for your friends and your family, so and you want to support them in anything and everything that they do. So yes. when they when he gets the train ticket, it's like, a, oh my gosh, I can actually do this now. I can actually go do something that I've always wanted to do or realize that. And you're supporting me. Love that. I love that message so much. And I, I love Grandma too, but you know, it's just <laughs> not it's not to the par. Sure. All right, the final round of eight matchup is the number three seed Boo's Door versus number 11 Herb Brooks's whistle or his assistant coach's whistle, that is. Um, when, when, when I saw this whistle pop up on the bracket, I honestly didn't remember what, what it was. Oh, yeah. I thought that I, I might have got my wires crossed a little bit with maybe like Mighty Ducks, uh, um, like uh, maybe a Mighty Ducks storyline or something uh, okay. where I thought it was like Herb Brooks like gave up coaching or something and like got his <laughs> and own came whistle. Back and gave his whistle. So, and he had to like reassess his like choices and like this was him getting back to his roots or yeah, something. Yeah. That sounds like a Gordon Bombay and D2. Yeah. Um, but. But it's not. It's a joke present. And Boo's door is way too good of a gift to to go down to this joke present. That sure. is a fun moment in in a movie that is sometimes pretty serious and dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that what makes this whistle so great is that immediately following it, 
following it, you see this coming together of a team that really hated each other, or at least it was this very Sharks and Jets sort of feeling to it. Nice reference. Thanks. Good job. Uh, where you had these kind of two sides of the train track coming against each other, and Herb was able to bring them together through all of this hard work and resilience, and that's kind of what that whistle represents. And then after the gifts are given, Herb's like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to my family. And we see this really great football montage where the guys are like, yeah. coach is gone. It's time to let's go play some football in the snow. And Kennedy's speech is being like narrated over this like event that's this very uplifting speech. I think it was a State of the Union address where he's talking about bringing like the bringing America out of all of this tragedy, out of the um, like the gas shortage, out of all of the things that have plagued this this country at that time at the same time that herb has just brought his team out of the depths of nowhere into this team that's willing to play this fun christmas football game together Mm -hmm. that parallel is just so nice it's also rounded and kind of you know the the whistle is the cherry on top like we've made it the whip really is but the whistle (laughs) is like we've we've made it we're here together now um and it's just a really beautiful scene i i love that christmas scene isn't there's some foreshadowing. He says like, well, you know, I'm not one to give speeches or something yeah. like that. And, it's and then a- he gives <laughs> one of the greatest speeches of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, but I agree with you. It's definitely going to be Boo's door. That is just the, the sentimental gift with some sacrifice associated with it. I love it. So uh, Marissa, what do you think about that? Love it. Love to see it. I I had booze door over whistle, even though I love I love hockey in general. Yeah. Um, and I love that scene. And I actually watched Miracle before coming on and logging into this bracket. So nice. Um, to hype me up, you know, because I, I need a good good yelling at from her. But <laughs> but yeah, no booze door is more sentimental. One hundred percent. We're at the final four. It's the number nine Cinderella's dress versus number five Walkman. And Chris, it's the Walkman. I think that that's yeah. just the better gift. It's the the one that at the time felt small, maybe, to his mom. Um, but yeah, it's probably. also the soundtrack to remember her by. And I think that's really great. And uh, it's it's just so Peter Quill to hold on to these things and keep them close to his chest and be very passionate about them. Uh, so I think that's a perfect gift for this dude. And I think that one should move on to the finals. Number five. All right. So, so who will meet the mixtape in the finals? It's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you, Marissa. Do you agree as well? Yeah, 100% agree. Okay. So uh, it's number seven, Luca's train ticket versus number three, booze door. Now, now we have ourselves. Now here's the conversation. Up. This is now we've got one. So I didn't need to talk about Lucas train ticket a whole lot. Um, I kind of was finally able to talk about how much I like the movie Luca when we were talking about aesthetically pleasing or visual, beautiful sequences or whatever. Yeah. Uh, when they were breaching, yes, I love the movie Luca. Yep. And and the finale just like sends me over the top. It's not just the act of, like you were saying, self-sacrifice by being like, 
here I'm throwing all of my dreams away so that you can go live yours. Um, the, the, it's like, hmm. <laughs> that's pretty, it's pretty touching. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets on the train and then, and then the music starts swelling and then, and then what is, what does Alberto do? He doesn't like sulk no. and chase after me like, Luca, goodbye, Luca. He's like, let's go, Luca. Yeah. <laughs> you got it, Luca. Uh, like what a, what a mature yes. thing to do in that moment. Very much so. From a person who has displayed very few moments of maturity. Yeah. Or emotional intelligence. Up to that, up to that moment. That, yeah. This this is Luca's last memory of Alberto for who knows how long. Like who knows where what happens next? Like does he go back to Porta Dofino or Porta whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, like we don't we don't really know. Next summer, what goes down? No, I mean who knows? He might have another. <laughs> connection at school and he yeah. goes somewhere else like we just don't know and so to know that luca's final memory of this person is him cheering mm-hmm. him on yeah is so special like a spe- such a special way to leave someone and we see it f- as the audience from the perspective of luca yeah where where the train is coming around the bend as it gets to the tunnel and it just boop, closes off and yeah. You get a little boop. Real nice. Get a little boop. <laughs> and uh and that and so it's so that just uh. it just goes to the next level. It's like and then Luca's waving rain. And that human boy Luca suddenly transforms back into the sea monster Luca <laughs> that is Versus like it is up. like his true self. <laughs> and you're just like and I mean, like that's the that's the point, right? Is that is that he uh, doesn't have to pretend anymore. He doesn't. The person have to he like he anymore. is going off onto this adventure in his in his truest form, and yeah. and and that is the gift. It's oh, much more goodness. than the train ticket, but that's the, it's like the bonus. It's like yeah. The bonus. And then and then and, and the music swelling, and then the sun peeks through the clouds, and then it says the end. Yeah. yeah, Luca too. Luca. Summer vacation. Luca. Will he come back? Luca, Luca be... too. Luca gone wild. <laughs> <laughs> Luca too. The college. No, years. Luca went to. <laughs> Luca went to. Uh, uh, what's the What's the singing competition that like is like a crazy rager Eurovision? Oh, Eurovision. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> Luca. <laughs> Luca went to Mykonos, or Luca, Luca went to Ibiza <laughs> and tried experimental drugs. Spring spring break with Luca, short. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um. So that's the gift. That is the ultimate gift that Alberto is is giving in this moment. No, I like that the the relationship between Alberto and Julia's father is hinted at because that's definitely uh alluded to but maybe downplayed uh in the movie itself. Yeah. I just I love this moment. I love this movie and like I said the way that it ends really 
endings are important to movies, you know, because like that's oh, yeah. that's how you feel once the once once you close the application, and it's like, how, you know, did it piss me off or did it make me feel fulfilled? Right. In this case, fulfilled. Uh, dude, but it's going up against Boo's door, oh, it's and so tough. And it's kind of like a very it's it's the sacrifice that Mike has to give to Sully is not so much. Uh, him giving up his dreams or whatever, but it is him obviously physically laboring to, yeah. to do this. This just doesn't seem like a task that is very easy. Marissa, you talked about handmade gifts being much more important than ones that maybe you buy from the store. This is the ultimate handmade Disney gift that's totally. going through garbage and uh, and having to put the pieces back together. It's It's Mike swallowing his pride, as we mentioned. Which is huge. Yeah, he did not like Boo. He did not like the idea of having this kid come around. And, and he he almost gets his way when they shred that door. Right, exactly. We don't have to deal with it anymore. And, and, and so he has to really say, what is more important, the happiness of my friend or my own pride? pride? Yeah, and we see that from the get-go that he doesn't like to be proven wrong or, or in the wrong. That's his entire interaction with Roz and the the files weren't returned at the right time. He's making all these excuses because he's he's so prideful and he has such a huge ego. And at this moment, he has to set his ego aside and be like, you know, like I'm I'm nothing if I didn't have you, right? Yeah. And so he recognizes that, and without making Sully also feeling supported and and wanted and and loved, uh, then Mike is nothing either. Marissa, are you going to start crying again? Or <laughs> um, Obviously. I cried my <laughs> onward, so. Um, and so it's it's just, yeah, like you said, besides the physical labor, it's also the self-sacrifice of one's own ego and pride. I think that's really important here. Um, the thing is, like, Luca doesn't really know the gift he's receiving. You know, this, I mean, he does, but at the same time, like, who knows? Like I said, who knows where it goes yeah. from here? And Sully, like, at the same time, Boo, like, Sully doesn't know Boo very well. Yeah. They had yeah. a fun adventure, but, like, and, like, he definitely misses her. Totally. But, like, now what? Like, they just, yeah. are they just, like, best friends now? What happens when Boo goes to college? Monsters, you, Boo, you. Is is Monsters Three Boo You? Boo You. Uh, isn't the <laughs> isn't the uh, <laughs> stupid? Ultimately, oh, Luca's train ticket versus Boo's door. Um, here's here's I think God, I really this is a finals matchup for me. I'm sorry, this is so good. This is good. Not that the Guardians of the Galaxy tape doesn't belong in, in a finals matchup, but we'll talk about that when we get to it. I think the the not that like Luke not that Alberto's gesture or his gift is any less important because of this but the fact that Mike spent so much time on this present I think makes it the better gift because I like when I can tell someone has been thinking for a while about something that they're going to get me. It's not like, oh, 
Sure. It's yeah. his birthday. We gotta, we gotta think. We gotta, we gotta. What does he want again? What does he want again? It's like, oh, I saw that a while ago. Sure. I know your birthday's eventually going to come. Yeah. So we gotta get it now. So like this, this project, Mike's been working on it for a while. So I like that aspect of it. The time, the time investment on his part. So, so I'm going with the door. I'm going with the door to the finals. I'm going Luca to the finals. I think that the same amount of work had to be done by Alberto. I, Grandma said that it wasn't easy to talk Luca's family into letting him go. And to be the friend to step up to do that is kind of intimidating. Like, I don't know that I would walk into somebody's family's home and be like, hey, listen, dad, sit down. Mom, sit down. Gotta let your kid go off to, to school. He really wants it. And me, as the friend, convinced them. Grandma said it wasn't easy, and I believe it. He also, like, his entire existence was based upon him getting a Vespa, and he finally does. And he sells that, right, in order to get the money to afford this train ticket. As a kid who, you know, all you really have is family and then, like, the allowance that you get, <laughs> and, and to have this thing that you've always wanted in your possession being willing to sacrifice it to give a a a life to your friend who's wanted to explore this life is just so meaningful in so many ways mike sacrificed a lot he spent a lot of time on it but he's in the end from what we can assume he gets to keep sully and luca's gone for at least a period of time. And that's a sacrifice in itself. The Thanksgiving and break. Thanksgiving when he breaks break. breaks up with Alberto. S- spring break in Cabo. They get to go maybe hang out. Maybe that's where they break up. Yeah. Yeah. That's where all the truth comes out. Mm-hmm. Rosarito. Papas and beers. That's just where it all breaks down. Um, but I, I just think that this is is a moment. And for the kid to have the emotional intelligence to make that decision to let his friend go be his best self is just incredible that's the better gift for me marissa you're breaking a tie out of all of the brackets that we have done this is probably the hard i want this to be the finals i agree i agree 100 there's a love triangle between all three of these because it's all of them could be a final matchup because you have Luca's train ticket and then you have Boo's door. They're both sentimental. They, open doors. they are. Love and is a repaired door. It, it is a repaired door. Love is a previously shredded door. <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh. I, I don't know if you guys saw me earlier, but I was like, oh no. Kyle picked. <laughs> Just, oh no. <laughs> I, I didn't. Yes. <laughs> This is chaos because I I love both and I hate that this is the predicament that we're in because you have Boo's door where you have the backstory of Monsters Inc. where Mike legitimately hated the idea of Boo coming into their lives. And even though Mike hated it. He just went with his best friend's gut of, okay, like, I'll put on my gloves, the spray. Like, he predicted COVID before we did, like, at that point. 
<laughs> hot take. But then you have Luca and Alberto. And so when I first watched Luca, I so the whole setting of it, I didn't get to watch the first like full length. I kind of just heard it. Because my niece and nephew were watching it downstairs and I was upstairs. So I didn't, I was like chiming in and out. I was running up and down like three flights of stairs. Like I couldn't really enjoy it. And I was like, okay, I need to like actually sit down and give this movie a shot. Like a fair yeah. shot. And I did. And I was like, oh my gosh, this movie is fantastic. Like just everything about it. Love it. And you're going head to head with just the sentimental idea and foundation of do what your friend would be happy with. Like, what would they be happy with? And if I'm going with the trend of the sentimental value that I've been going with, I'm going to have to pick Boo's door. And I get the sentimental value of Luke of the Lucas train ticket and everything behind it. And I love it. And I'm not discrediting it at all. But Boo's door, my going through and being like, you know what? This is what makes my friend happy. And I saw how low he was without Boo. I need to bring her back in. Boo's door well, is. All right. We have a final number five. The Walkman slash awesome mix from the Gardens of the Galaxy. Films versus number three, Boo's Door, and uh, it's Boo's Door for me. Hmm. There was intentionality behind the gift. There was a lot of work behind the gift. Not to say that it's not a lot of work to record a mixtape onto a cassette tape, because it is a lot of work to do that. Yeah. But did you Have you ever done that? Not on a cassette tape. Basically, what you CD have to board. do, basically, what you have to do is put the blank cassette in. You either have a player that has two cassette slots so you can play on one and record on the uh, other or do what I used to do and listen to the radio, radio all day long yeah. for the song to come on and then I've hit done, record and let you lose the first like four seconds. I've done radio before, um, but I've never put together a mixtape just, just for a song. The song that, that I remember recording on, on in that way was, uh, called Star Wars Cantina. It was a parody of the Coca Copa Cabana. At the uh, Star Wars, Star Wars Cantina. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Love it. Yeah. Uh, I think mine was Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys. Oh, slaps only. Yeah. Yeah. Played a lot on like the local oldies channel. So I knew I could just listen to it for long enough and I'd be able to. Very good. Uh, but it, yeah, it's, it's Booze Door. I, the, Mike coming back around, understanding that like there are sacrifices that have to be made in a friendship and and compromises, and this is kind of him as an olive branch, being like, "I get it now. I get why she meant so much. I get why uh, you care so much. Like this is a it's a life. It's a life that we cared about, and I do miss her too. And I can see that you miss her, and I I want to see you happy. So here's a way. Here's a trip. Here's an onward wizard staff." Uh, of a 24 hour visit maybe where you, you know, hello boo and good to see you. Uh, the Walkman was kind of Peter made it what he made it. Um, the intentionality maybe not have been like, you know, I will, I mean, 
the second one for sure i will always be here with you through this this song but it did it, it wasn't the intention that he would then take that and go and like save the world with it it was more so like when you miss me you've listened to this and he's yeah he was supposed to open it like on it. <laughs> that day right exactly so i think that you know i I like that a lot. It's a worthy second place. Like I said, it could be a three-way tie for all I care between the ticket, the door, and the Walkman. But when it's the door and the Walkman, I think that the door has so much memory behind it as well for the friendship as a whole to move yeah. forward. Yeah. Uh, number three is winning it for me. Um, Something we haven't really talked about in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is how Ego, Peter's dad, kind of like uses the mixtape against him. No. He kind of gaslights him a little bit. And the song that Peter's listening to when he walks in the room, I can't remember what the song is called, but it's about a sailor and like he's, you know, sewing cherry or sherry or brandy. You're a fine girl. Oh. Brandy. And so he's like, he's like, okay, in the song they say, Brandy, you're a fine girl. You'd make a great wife, but I my love is the sea. Uh-huh. And dude, Peter, you and me, bro, we're the sailor in that song. <laughs> you know, we gotta you know, this is how we are. Yeah, right. And it's very cruel. And yeah. that that ego kind of can isolate that vulnerable part of Peter um and, and kind of take advantage of it. Uh, does that make it a better gift in any way? Not really, but I think when you're thinking about a good on-screen gift, I think it needs to be really important to the story. And while the gift giving of Boo's door is a great bow to put on the end of Monsters Inc., the fact that the the Walkman and the awesome mixes are such an important part of of the plots of both of the guardians of the galaxy movies makes it a really good on-screen gift. Um, so then we have to bring in the, the Disney conversation, you know, like is, you know, Marvel and Disney, this is best on-screen Disney gift, not best on-screen Marvel gift. And, and like, how do we quantify that? And I, to be honest, I align guardians of the galaxy with Disney quite, sure. you know, closely. Yeah, so do I. And I think that if you want to even go deeper, the death of a mother is very Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 we see uh the the attraction, Guardians Galaxy colon mission breakout, exclamation mark. Uh right. at California Embedded Adventure. In the parks, yeah. And and they play the mixtape songs on that. Actually, I think they play some songs that are not on the mixtape. Yeah, I think it's from the same era, but not necessarily. Yeah, but still, I mean, it's the the concept. It's whatever they could get the rights to. Right. Well, whatever they already had the rights to, probably. Um, it's I think Guardian. I think yeah. On repeat. I think Guardians of the Galaxy has a Disney flavor to it. It's yes. it's family friendly, even yep. though it's a little bit like edgy. Yep. There are some bad words in it and middle fingers and stuff, but. There's something for the whole family. It's really fun. It's definitely like if someone was like, I've never watched a Marvel movie before. Which one should I watch? I know you don't like the humor in Guardians of the Galaxy Not very much, it. but it's always the first one I recommend. It's yeah. like, watch Guardians of the Galaxy. If you like it, then we can go from there. If you don't like <laughs> it, we can also go from there yes, too. Exactly. You know, like the, the important part is that it's a movie that makes you choose what you like. Sure. Do you like uh, quirky fast paced? Do you like 
you know, action? Do you like sci-fi? And and then we can kind of like pick the next step before you watch all of the Marvels. Sure. Uh, So I think it's a very worthy uh, on-screen Disney gift. I'm going with, I'm going with the mixtape. Go with the Walksman. I'm going with the mixtape. I think, uh, like I said, the fact that it's important to the whole movie, sure. the character, it's, it's ingrained in the fabric. And, uh, and yeah, I think it's just, there's just so much to talk about. It, it, it tickles my, or it, it scratches my film theory itch as sure. well, which I talked about at length. So Marissa, it's all on you. We, the, the holiday season all, it, it hangs it's in the balance just while you. you well you must choose the best on-screen Disney gift is it the number five seed Peter Quill's Walkman and his awesome mixes or the number three seed Boo's Door okay. I knew this was gonna happen I just I had a feeling well today <laughs> it was, I was in the car listening to um it was the Frozen episode that you guys recorded a couple weeks ago. And Kyle was saying, I forgot the Polo Pods cards. And I was like, he, I was going to text you. I was like, he better bring it today. Because I have a <laughs> feeling that Tom Morrow was going to be pulled. And I mean, there he was. he's there last week. But, oh my gosh. I, I have my bracket here. I made my own just because... I'm extra like that. And I'm looking at this. You both made very solid points. Because honestly, like, at this point, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Because I was like, oh my gosh, what if we just did a three-way tie of the booze door, Luca, and the mixtape? We would never let that happen. We would never let that happen. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, this will never happen. In (laughs) my mind, it would. I, I do like Marvel and I am a Marvel fan. When when I first looked at this bracket, I was like, oh my gosh, Walkman. When I'm a little I'm a little younger, so I did have a Walkman, but it was the C D one. Oh, right. So yeah. you popped in your C D. I didn't have the uh tape cassette. cassette. There we go. I didn't have the cassette. I had Britney Spears in sync Backstreet Boys. Incredible. 100%. I even had a little uh, handheld wristlet that you put around your wrist and you held onto it. So it didn't, like, if you were breaking out in dance moves, it didn't fly off. (laughs) I had that 100%. I have to go with Boo's door, though. Oh, there it is. I have to. There it is. We knew you wanted to. I know. I, I tried to give more leverage for the Walkman and the Awesome Mix, but. I just remember this meme. I can't exactly remember what it stated, but it was like Peter just had the mommy and daddy problem. And that's why that mixtape came to be. (laughs) And I was like, I can't get over that. I can't get over it. There's a different point when you legitimately dislike someone to a point of, no, we don't need to be involved in this. But at the end of the day, you know what? This legitimately brings you happiness. And he, Mike saw that Sully was in like, not like a dark place, but more so like a saw, like a, yeah, like a bad state where he's like, you know what? Like he really 
misses her. Like, let if there's a way to bring her back or like at least a portion of her, like, let's do it. Like, let's figure it out. So that's why hey. Boo's door is the is the winner for me. So hey, and and as Chris said a couple of rounds ago, uh. Walkman's deserving of being in the finals and just because it's Marvel doesn't make it not Disney because it definitely is. And as we do at the end of every bracket, we are going to clap it out for the winner. Number three, Booze Door of the best Disney on screen game. That was tough because uh, in my mind, I had seven going all the way. Lucas trying to take it, but hmm. I, uh, I see where we've landed and I, I like it. I think that Booze Door and this Monsters Inc. movie, which we don't get to talk a ton about on this or on this podcast, uh, it deserves this this crown. It deserves to hang the banner. Yeah, um, and Marissa, thank you so much for breaking down all of these presents with us. It's always great to have you uh, on the Mouse Madness podcast. Thank you for always having me. This was I was looking at the past like couple times I've been on here. I was looking. I was like, okay, we got this and that. I'm like, how is it going to go? So. It it's fun how this ended up being here. And yeah. I always have a great time here, like always. But if you ever have a complaint, email them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, do you all know how to reach us? You got something to say about Marissa's co-hosting? Like, if you got something to say about our regular hosting, do, do you want to hop in here? Do you want to do some hosting of your own? Do you have a bracket topic idea? Uh, do you have something to say about best on-screen Disney gifts? Uh, we would love to hear from you. Email us at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All of those are linked in the description of the podcast. Folks, we hope you have a, a wonderful, lovely, safe holiday season, and, and we'll catch you uh, next time, where we'll break down the best of 2021. Till next time, folks, um, we are Groot. We believe you said true.